Welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron, the online pastor here, and whether you stumbled across us on Facebook or YouTube, or a link to this service was sent from a friend or family member, we're glad you're joining us today. Here at New City, we wanna be an easy place for you to connect, to feel a part of our church, and to find community. If you'd like to take a step toward connection with us, we wanna make it super simple. You can go to the link below, newcity.us connect, fill that form out, and I'll be in touch with you this week. And together, we'll figure out the best next steps for you. I'll also send you a gift in the mail as a way to say thanks. Finally, know that your generosity to the work and ministry of New City makes all this possible. God calls us people to be good stewards of the resources He has trusted to us. And if you're currently partner with us in ministry, we want to say thank you. If you'd like to partner financially with us, you can do so at newcity.us give. But if you're new here, please feel no obligation. Now let's continue to worship together.
Jesus. Father, we exalt your name this morning. Thank you for this beautiful name, this wonderful and powerful name of Jesus. The name that can only break every chain. We believe in this truth and I thank you that we can declare it with our mouths this morning. God, we love you. Help us to have listening ears and an open heart as we listen to this word. In Jesus' name, amen. When you bow before God, you can stand before anyone. I love that. That's our bottom line. And we'll see that on full display in today's message. If you were with us last week, you may remember that we concluded the message at the beginning of verse eight. However, if last week's sermon had ended at verse seven, it would have been a sad story. For joining us for the first time, let me give you just a quick recap of the first seven verses of Daniel chapter number one. First of all, Jerusalem is besieged. And we learned that God gave the king of Judah, King Jehoiakim, into the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar's hands. The symbols of worship and the young leaders of Judah were taken captive to Babylon. Among those were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And while in Babylon, they were indoctrinated with Babylon's ways for three years for three years. Now, if it ended there, it would be a pretty sad story, wouldn't it? But if you think about it, too often in life situations, we close the book before we finish reading all of the pages. Sometimes we give up on things, people, because of difficult or trying times. Or maybe we meet someone and we judge their entire story of one incident or one chapter of their life. But I wanna encourage you today because just like we're not done with Daniel's story, your story's not done either. And maybe like Daniel, could be uncomfortable or unfamiliar, but it's unfinished. And what we learn just beyond verse seven, in the beginning of verse eight, is that one godly decision can change the story of your life. And it gets better, because not only can it change your life, it can change somebody else's life. Daniel chapter one, verse eight, starts off by saying, but Daniel resolved. Daniel resolved, choosing to follow God no matter what. See, Daniel 1, eight, those three words change everything in the story of Daniel. They change everything. And for you and I, we must all resolve to make up our, in our hearts, not just our minds, to follow God no matter what. Because here's what I've learned, family, that resolving is better than reacting. Resolving is better than reacting. I don't know about you, but, but I've, I've sometimes in life reacted to situations and it's cost me something important. It's cost me someone. And so this is important because we can lose both our identity 
and our integrity without resolve. We can lose both our identity and our integrity without resolve. Conversely, resolving to follow God today can help us to resist the Babylons of tomorrow. All it takes is one godly decision. One godly decision. See, with resolve, we can both resist the enemy and stand for God. How great is that? We can resist the enemy and we can stand for God. You may be familiar with James chapter 4, verse 7, which says this. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so if you have a copy of the scriptures with you, let's continue with Daniel's story here in Daniel chapter number one, verse number eight. And we'll see Daniel do just that. We'll see him in these first verses. We'll see him resist the enemy, resist a portion of this Babylon strategy. It should also be preloaded for you on the New City app along with the sermon outline. Daniel chapter number one. Let's look at verse eight together. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him to not defile himself. Now, this is, this is a really great portion of scripture because Daniel was asking not to eat or drink from the king's table. We just read that he's asking not to defile himself. Now, if you remember, we talked about last week that they were assigned a portion of the king's food, and this, the king's food was designed to create dependence. It was designed to create dependence, and so Daniel is attempting to resist here this portion of the Babylonian strategy. Now, I need to be clear with this. Daniel's resisting wasn't a matter of rebellion. It was a matter of relationship. It was a matter of relationship, simply meaning that his posture in this, Scripture says he asked, he didn't just say, I'm not eating from this. He asked his posture in this, though he was resisting, was both honoring to God and those that were in authority over him. And I don't want you to miss this also. Daniel made a big deal out of something that could have seemed small, food. Daniel made a big deal out of this. Because I don't know about you, but it's easy to compromise when we're uncomfortable. And something like food would have certainly seemed, I think, to many of us to be a, a, a small thing. So it's easy to compromise when we're uncomfortable. And here's something else that I've noticed in my life. I don't know about you, but we look for people to blame when we're uncomfortable, don't we? We look for people to blame. And oftentimes, the person that we blame is God. When we're uncomfortable, that's when we stop going to church or we stop reading God's word. But I want you to notice that not only did Daniel not blame God for where he was, he leaned in. He leaned into his relationship with God because Daniel realized that his relationship with God touched every area of his life, including what he ate, including what he ate. So Daniel didn't he didn't want to defile himself. He didn't want to defile himself because in most pagan cultures, the meat and the wine was sacrificed to idols. And Daniel wanted to maintain integrity in his relationship 
with God, not to mention that eating the king's food implied fellowship with the Babylonian culture. And Daniel understood this. So not only was his resisting about relationship, but his resisting was courageous. This was a courageous thing that Daniel was doing here by the grace and with the help of God. Because rejecting the menu was essentially rejecting the king. Rejecting the menu was rejecting the king. In verse 10, the scripture says here in verse 10, let's look at it quickly. In verse 10, the chief of the eunuch said, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? He said, so I, I fear the king. I, I, I fear the king. You know, I could see why he was afraid. I mentioned last week that Nebuchadnezzar was brutal in the way he treated people. He was brutal. Go back and read Jeremiah 39, Jeremiah chapter 39, somewhere around verses 6 and 7. It talks about how Nebuchadnezzar, how they captured King Zedekiah, who was the king of Judah. They captured him and they slaughtered his sons and all of the nobles of Judah, the scripture says, in front of him. They slaughtered him. They slaughtered his sons and all the nobles of Judah in front of him. And then after that, here's what they did. They gouged out King Zedekiah's eyes. They gouged out his eyes. So the last thing he saw was his sons and all of the nobles of Judah being slaughtered. And as if that wasn't enough, they put him in chains, the scripture says, took him to Babylon, imprisoned him until they burned him alive. So I could see, I could see why the chief of the eunuchs why he, was, why he was afraid. I can see why he was afraid. So essentially, the chiefs are saying to him, he's, bro, I, I feel you. Scripture says that God gave, God gave Daniel favor and compassion with the chief. So essentially, he's saying, bro, I feel you, but I'm not, I'm not trying to get dealt with. I feel you. So Daniel responds with test us for 10 days. Test us for 10 days. Let us eat vegetables and drink water. Then see how we look. And then the scripture says that the chief of the eunuchs, he listened. He listened. And in verse, verse 15, we find that they looked better. They looked better than all of those who were taken captive with them. They looked better. So Daniel and his friends resisted. They resisted. But now let's take a look at what happens next in our story. Verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9 says this. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to, 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 to Daniel, I fear the Lord, the king, who assigned you food or, and your drink. For why should he see that you are in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, test your service for 10 days. Let's, let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. Now let's jump to verse 17. It says, as for these four youths, 
God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So now, don't miss this. They resisted, but then they received. They resisted, then they received. Here's the truth. When we resist the gifts of Babylon, we receive the gifts of God. I love that. When we resist the gifts of Babylon, we receive the gifts of God. So Daniel resolved at the beginning of verse 8. Then he resisted, and we see in verse 9, God gave. God gave favor. God gave compassion. In verse 17, we just read, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And to Daniel, he gave understanding in all visions and dreams. So God gave. Now, here's something I want to remind you of about God and his giving. Not only was God the first to give when he gave his son, but he's the most consistent in his giving. Not only that, family, but God gives with a purpose. God gives with a purpose. In other words, the gifts that you have, the gifts that I have, they are not an accident. They are specifically designed to carry out his will in the earth through you. We mentioned at the close of our last series that you and I must value the gifts that God gives us. We must value the gifts that God gives to you and I specifically. It's not about comparing ourselves with what he gives to somebody else, but the gifts that he gives you and I are unique. They're special and they're given with a purpose. And so Daniel and his friends were in a position to receive the gifts of God, which represent God's grace in their life, because even when God's plan was different from their preference, they remained committed to him. Even when God's plan, remember, they're in exile. They're in Babylon. This is an unfamiliar and an uncomfortable place. But in that, they had resolved and they resisted. Even in this space, and somebody, somebody watching today, you might be in a space where you're uncomfortable. You may be in a space where it's unfamiliar. But what we're learning today is that if we can have resolve to follow God no matter what, no matter where we find ourselves, if we can resist the, 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 the temptations of the enemy, the Babylonian strategy against us, if we can resist that, God is faithful by his grace and by his love. Though we're uncomfortable, God shows us favor and compassion. Here's what we learn. God's way is better than Babylon's shortcut. God's way is better than Babylon's shortcut. So with Daniel and his friends, we see that first there was resolve. Then they resisted the enemy and they received from God. Now, let's look at the result Let's look at the result here. Let's look at verses 18 through 20 together. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And verse 20, and in every manner of wisdom and understanding, 
about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, the magicians, excuse me, and enchanters that were in all of his kingdom. I love this line. Therefore, they stood. Therefore, they stood. They stood before the king. Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar finally meet face to face. When you bow before God, you can stand before anyone. This again is at the time of the, is at the end of the time of assimilation into the Babylonian Empire, the me culture. Three years basically of brainwashing and indoctrination with the Babylonian belief system. And now here Daniel and his friends are standing face to face with the king. After, after having resolved, after having resisted, after receiving from God, the result is that they, stand, they, are, they are standing before the king. But I want you to notice that Daniel uses their Hebrew names here in verse 19. He didn't use the names that they were given, the names of the Babylonian gods that we talked about last week. He uses their God-given Hebrew names, essentially saying to everyone, they may have tried to take away our identity and our integrity for the past three years, but we are still following God. I don't know about you, but that's, that's encouraging to me, that in spite of everything that they were going through, they had resolved, they res resisted, they received from God, and now they are standing before the king. They're standing before the king. They didn't compromise, though they were uncomfortable. Four Hebrew boys, 15 years old, now Hebrew men, 18 years old. They resolved, they resisted. Among all of the captives, none was like these four boys, these four men. Verse 20 says that they were found 10 times better than everybody else in the kingdom. 10 times better, 10 times better. After being obedient to God through an uncomfortable situation, this was a part of the result. They were 10 times better. Maybe somebody watching today is being tempted with a shortcut, with an easier route, even though you know God is calling you to do it a different way. I want to encourage you through this story that we're studying today. I want to encourage you to have resolve in what God has called you to. I want to encourage you to resist the temptation to take the shortcut, to take the easier route. We're learning today that, that when we stay with God, God is gracious and God is faithful. And he gives unto us according to his purpose and according to his plan for us. Daniel and his friends now weren't just favored by a few. They were favored over all. They were favored over everybody. Everyone who assimilated into the Babylonian culture essentially bowed to King Nebuchadnezzar. Who believed, if you remember, that I am and there's none beside me. But Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, though they were in the culture, they never bowed to the culture. Instead, they bowed to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They bowed, they chose, they resolved to bow 
to the great I am. And again, we just read that, 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 that they were 10 times better than everybody else. In other words, it wasn't even close. Family, we can resolve to, to follow God even in the culture and climate of today. We can resolve to do that. And Daniel showed us that we can resolve to do that and still be honoring to both God and those that are in authority over us. They were 10 times better than anybody that chose to submit to the Babylonian way. Here's something else we learned. We learned that conviction can overcome culture. Conviction for the things of God. What God has put in your heart, conviction to the things of God can overcome culture. They were in Babylon, but they were not of Babylon. Three words of Daniel chapter number one, verse eight, but Daniel resolved, led to three words here in verse 19, therefore they stood. But Daniel resolved, therefore they stood. Let's look at how chapter number one ends in verse 21. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. So Daniel would eventually die in Babylon, but he outlives Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, Daniel outlived the entire Babylonian empire. He outlived them all because King Cyrus, who was a Persian king, him and his army, they defeated the Babylonians. So Daniel outlived them all. The 15-year-old Hebrew boy, now an 18-year-old Hebrew man, who him and his friends had resolved and they resisted. They received from God. And the result is that conviction can overcome culture. The result is that, that only what we do for Christ will last. He outlived them all. Changed not just his story, but he changed the story of an entire nation. And so as I get ready to close, I want to give just a couple applications for us today. The first is this, that bowing comes before standing. Bowing comes before standing. In other words, let's seek God's heart before we seek what's in his hand. The second is this, integrity comes from the inside out and keeps the outside from coming in. Convictions to the calling of God on your life not only keeps us from being distracted and affected by the culture, but it keeps us to be, keeps us to, it, to being change agents for the culture. The third and final one is this. One godly decision is a multiplier. One godly decision is a multiplier. We just read that they were 10 times better. Daniel, Daniel's three friends followed his lead. One godly decision was a multiplier. The scripture says, Daniel resolved, but they stood. Daniel resolved, they stood. I wonder what godly decision you can make today that would affect those around you. What if God is calling you to be a Daniel in your community, in your church, 
in your company, in your family. I'd like to submit this to you, that not only is God calling you to be a Daniel, he sent his son to make it possible. All it takes is one godly decision. When you bow before God, you can stand before anyone. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your love, for your grace, for your faithfulness towards us. Thank you, Lord, for calling and gifting us, for giving us the ability through you to have resolve, to resist. We thank you, Father, today that even though we may be in places and spaces that are uncomfortable, that are unfamiliar, you are fully aware of where we are right now and that you're concerned about the things that we're concerned about. But most importantly, God, you are concerned about the convictions that you've placed in our heart and that we might reserve to follow you, that we might resolve to follow you no matter what. So God, we pray that by your grace and mercy, you would give us the courage to live out the convictions that you've placed in our hearts that as we learn today, that conviction can overcome culture. And that through you, by your grace, by your mercy, and through your love, we can do any and everything that you're calling us to do. We are called to be Daniels in our community, in our churches, in our families. So we pray, God, that you would help us to live this out, that we might bring your name glory and honor in all of the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. If you would, no matter where you are right now, extend your hands for a benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Have a great week, New City.